قل للمؤمنين يغضوا من ابصارهم ويحفظوا فروجهم tell the believing men to reduce some of their vision and guard their private parts ذلك ازكى لهم that is purer for them ان الله خبير بما يصنعون indeed allah is acquainted with what they do وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغْضُدْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنَّ وَيَحْفَظْنَ فُرُوجَهُنَّ And tell the believing women to reduce some of their vision and to guard their private parts. وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ And they should not expose their adornment. They should not reveal their beautification. Instead, they should conceal it. In these ayat we see, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us the command to lower our gaze and to preserve our modesty. How? Through the messenger. Meaning he's telling the messenger to tell the believers. And we see that the men are addressed first, separately, and then the women are addressed separately. And generally when a command is mentioned in the Qur'an, the entire group of believers is addressed. But if a command is given, the same command is given first to men and then to women, what does this show? That this command is for everybody. No one is an exception to this. Everybody must observe modesty. Everyone, man or woman, must lower their gaze and they must protect their private parts. It doesn't matter what their age is. It doesn't matter what city, what country they live in, what place they work at. This is the code of conduct of every single believing man and woman. Modesty, chastity, haya, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being careful about what a person looks at, what a person thinks, how a person behaves, how a person carries themselves in the presence of the opposite gender. All of this is part of the character of a believer. And over here we see that the men and the women have been given the same command with respect to lowering of the gaze and also with respect to guarding of the private parts. The difference over here is with respect to the additional command that is given to women, which is to conceal their beauty. Because women... Who are they? I mean, a woman, her body even is more beautiful compared to that of a man. And women generally, they are a symbol of beauty. Because if you think about it, if men were at the same level, then we would have men on covers of magazines, and we would have men when cars are advertised, or when you go to buy a car, when you go to a car show, an auto show or something, you would see more men over there representing the cars. But who do we see in all of these places? Who's at the forefront? Woman. Right? And it's not just ordinary women. It's women who are beautiful, attractive, and who are made to look even more attractive. So to say this, that how come men have not been commanded to wear the hijab, and why are the women being commanded to give the hijab? I think this is something that is very naive to say. I mean, what world do you live in to even think like that? Right? Even... People who are non-Muslim, they understand this, that women are more beautiful, more attractive, and they are the symbol of attraction. So to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being unfair over here by commanding women to observe hijab and not the men, this is something that doesn't have any basis.
And if Allah is giving us a command to conceal our beauty, remember, this is not injustice to us. In fact, this is for our own good. This is for our own benefit. This is to help us preserve our chastity, to help us preserve our modesty, and also to show that a Muslim woman is not an object of pleasure for every passing individual. No, she has dignity, she has a life, and she is someone who is modest, who preserves herself. So this is why the women have been commanded over here specifically to do what? وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ They should not reveal, they should not expose, they should not display their beauty. And earlier I mentioned to you the two main categories of beauty, of zina. What are they? First of all, the fitri beauty. Right, the fitri zina, meaning the zina, the beautification that is natural, meaning that a person is born with, that is part of their body, whether it is the color of their skin or it is their eyebrows, their hair, the height, their figure, all of this is part of zina. And secondly, there's another category of zina, and the zina that is adopted, the zina that is put on. The zina that a woman puts on herself in order to enhance her beauty, in order to look even more beautiful, whether it is in the form of clothing, or it is in the form of makeup or jewelry, whatever it may be. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that we have to conceal our beauty. What does that mean? That we have to conceal our natural beauty that we are born with. And in addition to that, if there is something that we put on, to beautify ourselves, whether it is to highlight our eyes, or to highlight our lips, or it is to look more beautiful in front of people, whatever it may be, we have to conceal that as well. And remember the beginning of the surah. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? The first ayah of the surah. Suratun anzalnaha wa faradnaha. This is a surah that has come from Allah Rabbul Alameen. And this is a surah that has been made obligatory by Allah Rabbul Alameen. So if a command is coming from Him, I think that is sufficient for us to understand its importance, to realize its benefits, and as a result, adopt it, observe it. And that is exactly what the Muslim women did at the time that these verses were revealed. Aisha radiallahu anha, She said, this is a hadith in Bukhari, that may Allah have mercy on the women of the muhajireen. May Allah have mercy on the women of muhajireen. When Allah revealed the ayah, وَلْيَضْرِبْنَ بِخُمُرِهِنَّ عَلَى جُيُوبِهِنَّ The women, they tore their aprons, meaning the extra clothing that they had, because at that time typically, women, what they wore was a lower garment, an upper garment, and a shawl. So their shawl, it was not big enough. If you think about it, out of the three pieces of cloth that you wear on your head, on your chest, and on your legs, what's the biggest? What's the largest? It's the one that you wear on the legs, right? So the women, they tore their aprons, meaning their lower garments, the extra ones, and they ikhtamara themselves with them. They covered themselves with those aprons. Meaning if they could not afford to go buy an extra cloth to serve as a proper hijab, as a proper khimar, they took whatever they had that was big enough and they used that as a khimar. 
And we see that over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the believing women, they should not reveal their zina, but this is not it. The detail has been given also. That in case we miss the obvious, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pointing out the obvious to us. And what is that? That, وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ إِلَّا مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا They should not reveal their zina except for that which is apparent by itself. Meaning it is not possible to conceal it anymore. Or a woman did conceal it. She did cover it. But then what happened? Unintentionally, her zina got exposed. So for example, a woman is wearing the hijab. She's wearing a big enough proper hijab, but the wind blows. And then what happens? Her hair from the back is revealed, is exposed. Is she sinful for that? No. She tried her best to cover herself. Now this is something that became exposed by itself. So she's not sinful for that. Then Allah says, وَلْيَضْرِبْنَ بِخُمُرِهِنَّ عَلَى جُيُوبِهِنَّ And that is exactly what Aisha radiallahu anha mentioned. That the women, what did they do? They took their aprons and they ikhtamara themselves with them. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the women should cast, they should place their khimar on their chest. Now if a khimar has to cover the head and it also has to cover the chest, and obviously it's understood that it also has to cover what is in between. So the neck, the ears are also a part of this. Right? So when a woman has to do that, then what is necessary? That the khimar be very small? What has to be done? The khimar has to be big enough. Big enough to conceal a woman. And this is something that we all need to check. That the kind of hijabs that we wear, what's their size? Are they really covering? Are they really concealing? Or are they just enough to cover my neck and my head? Because the point of hijab is not to expose the head even more or expose the beauty. The point of hijab, the objective of hijab is to conceal the beauty. And everyone knows that the beauty of a woman also lies in her chest. So that is also something that needs to be concealed. Now yesterday many people asked me, because we discussed about concealing the front part, and for that we discussed that it is necessary that the khimar be big enough, and that it must also go a little below the shoulders, minimum. Right? That's the minimum requirement. Because otherwise it's not concealing the body, it's not concealing the upper body. So a lot of the sisters had this question, that if we have to wear a blazer, right? to give a more professional look. Like for example, you go to school, you have a presentation somewhere, you have to go to like a proper office or something, and then if you wear a blazer, it gives a more professional look. So how do we do that? Because generally, what we do is, and for that reason I wore this sweater, I don't have a blazer, but I wore a sweater. Okay. So remember that it has to be big enough. Alright? And never think that what are people going to think about me? Our goal in life is not to please people. If you want to please people, then you might as well take this off. If that is the goal. Because they're not going to be happy. In the Qur'an, what do we learn? وَلَن تَرْضَى عَنْكَ الْيَهُودِ وَلَن نَصَارَى حَتَّى تَتَّبِعَ مِلَّتَهُمْ The Yahud and the Nasara, the Jews and the Christians, they'll never be happy with you until you follow their creed. Until you become like them. So when we are looking at anything of the deen, don't think about how people are going to perceive this. I mean, I'm not saying over here that disregard every custom and all the norms and everything. No, keep that in mind. But that should not be your primary objective. 
Our goal should be to look beautiful in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not in the sight of people. You know, recently I got this book for my children about this girl who wants a ponytail. Right? So she tells her mom, can I have a ponytail at the back of my head? So her mom makes a ponytail for her at the back of her head. When she goes to school, everybody says, ugly, ugly, ugly. So the next day, she tells her mom, I want a ponytail on the side of my head, right above my ear. And her mother makes it for her. She goes to school and all her friends say, ugly, ugly, ugly. However, they all have a ponytail at the back of their heads. The following day when she goes to school, she tells her mom, I want a pony right on top of my head. Like a tree growing out. So her mom makes a ponytail you know, from the top of her head. When she goes to school, she sees that everybody's got their hair you know, on their side, a ponytail right above their ear. So what she had done the previous day. And they all call her ugly, ugly, ugly. The following day, she says, I don't know what to do. So her mom says, let me make a ponytail for you right in front of your head. And she does that. And she goes to school and she is called ugly, ugly, ugly. However, the next day, everybody's got their ponytail in front of their head. So she says to them, she says to all her friends that you all are a bunch of brainless copycats. Tomorrow, I'm going to come to school with my hair shaved, with my head shaved. So what happens the next day, she goes to school with a ponytail and everybody comes with their head shaved. <laughs> everybody comes with their head shaved. The point is, and the reason why I got this book for my kids was that our goal in life should not be to please people. They don't even know themselves what they're doing. They haven't even figured out themselves what they want to do. So our objective in life should be to meet the standards of people. Well, they're going to change daily. They're going to change their mind every single day. Our goal should be to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This life is short. And everything that happens in our life is a test. Allah is checking us. He's testing us. Who do we choose? Do we choose Him? Or do we choose somebody else? Do we remember Him? Or do we remember others? Do we fear Him? Or do we fear others? Do we look forward to the promise of reward that He has made with us? Or the fake promises, the false promises that people make to us, that the creation makes to us. This life is a test. It is temporary. It is not eternal. So just because we wear our hijab, or we wear it in a particular way, we feel that we will be criticized, we feel that people will not be happy with us, that is not a justified reason to stop wearing hijab or to stop wearing hijab properly. Because this life is very short. So just remember the rule. Whether you are wearing a blazer, a cardigan, whatever it may be, unless it's really windy. In the winter it's understandable. But other than that, do not compromise on the size of your hijab. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us very clearly, وَلْيَضْرِبْنَ بِخُمُرِهِنَّ عَلَى جُيُوبِهِنَّ They must place a part of their khimar over their, over their juyub. Over their chest. And one more thing. I'm wearing this hijab deliberately like this. Do you see anything here? See through. See through. Right? And most hijabs are like that. So when we are wearing a hijab that is somewhat see through, please make sure that you also pay attention to that. Because what's the objective of hijab? 
ولا يبدين زينتهن they should not reveal their zina okay so through the hijab the zina should not be exposed so wala yubdina zinatahunna they should not reveal their zina illa ma zahara minha wal yadribna bi khumurihinna ala jiyubihinna wala yubdina zinatahun and they should not reveal their zina illa except for who except in front of such and such people and in this ayah basically the closest relatives of a woman are mentioned right and these are maharim meaning those who are mahram in front of whom a woman may display her beauty but remember that there are levels of beauty that you can display in front of your mahram men also right towards the end of this list what is mentioned awit tabi'in ghayri ulil irbati min ar-rijal that they can only display in front of such and such people and amongst them are those who follow at-tabi'in ghayri ulil irbati min ar-rijal those who follow meaning those who are completely dependent all right and they are those who do not have any any sexual urge and these are from among men so some say that you know it refers to a person who a man who does not have much sexual desire but the fact is that you don't really know i mean how can you ask a man can you ask him this is something that you don't ask right but there are some people with respect to whom it's obvious like for example if there is a person who is extremely old extremely old they're bedridden literally or they are sick they're unwell even in that case when you go in front of a man all right don't display all of your zina in front of him you know for example in a narration we learned that a particular companion abdullah bin umm maktum he was blind all right he was blind but when the women would go in front of him or when he would have to come in front of the women the women would still cover themselves they would still cover themselves because there is this haya that we should have in front of the opposite gender you understand even though he cannot see but if you can go in front of a man without your hijab with your hair all open and all nicely dressed up and yes he's a man and he doesn't see you but your level of haya will go down you understand your level of haya will go down so ghayri ulil irbati min ar-rijal and This also includes extremely old men or people without any sexual urge. Also, you could say men who are castrated sometimes in some societies this still exists. I mean, they don't have any attraction for women, but after all they're still men. So, this doesn't mean that a woman goes in front of them with full zina. Okay. You know, she may just wear a, a hijab on her head and you know, conceal as much as possible. but she doesn't need to cover herself in front of such a person the way she would cover herself in front of an ordinary man and then after that awit tifl children are mentioned also alladhina lam yadhharu ala auratin nisa those who do not know about the aurat of women aurat is a plural of aura right and aurat refers to the private parts and it doesn't just refer to private parts but private matters of women meaning those children who do not yet know about what menstruation is what sexual intercourse is how exactly babies are born i mean they don't know these things you understand but as a child learns about these things whether at school or on tv however once they get to know about this then what is necessary 
that we observe our hijab in front of them. One more thing that is mentioned in the ayah, وَلَا يَضْرِبْنَ بِأَرْجُلِهِنَّ They should not strike with their feet, لِيُعْلَمَ مَا يُخْفِينَ مِنْ زِينَتِهِنَّ So that what is concealed of their zina becomes revealed. Meaning their walk, the way they carry themselves, that should also be modest. A woman, the way she carries herself in front of men, that should also be modest. The way she walks outside, that should also be modest. Okay, so how about if a woman is playing uh, basketball? A girl is playing basketball. Is that okay? Playing basketball is haram for a woman? No, it's not haram. What is not okay? That she is playing with non-mahram guys. Right? Or under a coach who is non-mahram. Or in front of people who are non-mahram. You understand? Because when you are playing, then obviously your body is going to move. Your body is going to move. And when you will move like that, then part of your body, which is beautiful, will be exposed. It will be revealed. It will become obvious. So this is why it's not appropriate to do something like that. وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Repent to Allah, all of you, O believers, so that you may be successful. Go ahead. Not wearing a hijab in front of a non-Muslim woman? We discussed that it's not about Muslim or non-Muslim. It's about who is reliable and trustworthy. Alright? Meaning if there is a Muslim woman who doesn't wear hijab properly, or she doesn't respect the fact that you wear hijab, and then she's going to go and describe you to some guys, or she's going to take a picture and share it on social media, then you have to observe hijab in front of her. But if there is a non-Muslim who respects your privacy respects your hijab and understands that you veil in front of men and she will not go and describe you in front of others and she will not take a picture of yours and share it with the whole world, then you can you know, show your hair to her. You can leave your hijab in front of her. Alright? Go ahead. Okay. What if a guy asks you what color your hair is? The question is, why is he asking you? You're being too cool with him. Hmm? Remember that you have to maintain a professional distance. Professional distance. You know, as people grow older and they're working, right, with co-workers, a random person cannot come and ask you, or even a person who works in your workplace cannot come and ask you these questions. Why? Because you're maintaining a professional distance. It doesn't mean that you are very rude or that you live in your own world, but you send a message, you know, through your character, through your dealing with them, that I don't entertain such questions. So if, let's say, somebody doesn't get it, and there are many people who don't get it, right? And they still ask you, how can you answer this question without offending them and without even revealing your zina? Because if you tell them, what are you doing? Revealing your zina, right? And if you give them a very harsh response, that is also rude. And that is not appropriate. Right? So how can you answer them in a way that is balanced, that is correct? What could you say? Yes. Sorry to interrupt. A friend of mine recently started working in a very public place. It's a doctor's office. And she was like, subhanAllah, a lot of hijabi women come up to me and ask me things and I'm able to help them. I'm in a public place, you know, helping Muslim women. And uh, the owner of the place... I don't know what happened. 
like one day she said uh, she was so stressed out and he came to her and he held her cheeks she went home that day she was so shaken up she just quit the job like sister demia said we have to maintain a professional distance but there is a saying in my language that if you are nice to the dog he'll come to lick your face this is what i remember honest if you keep the dog at a distance he won't come so close how do you maintain that professional distance how do you you know when after my marriage i said to my hr department that on my card should be mrs barbara right so because um, everybody was no this is not a, your identity your name is rabia you should be rabia khan so i said no my name is mrs barbara so they put my name like mrs barbara and once my mother she has to go to somebody's house right and she said to them on phone me barbara and mrs barbara will come with us <laughs> rather than saying my daughter is going to come she said mrs barbara is going to come so we have to set our limits right um are there any girls in your school in your class or at your workplace that you know but you're not very close to them in the sense that you don't talk to them much are there how come how come what's going on over there that you're not sitting with them much and they're not sitting with you and you're not talking to them and they're not talking to you but they're in the same space what's the difference okay you don't have the same interests all right so people who don't have the same interests they don't click and when they don't click they don't spend much time together yes you don't find a common ground between yourself and them okay anything else they sit really far away from you anything else you only talk to them when you really need to anything else okay so how are you keeping that distance from those people that you don't get along with you treat them as acquaintances rather than friends and this is something that we need to remember when we are interacting with men that they may be acquaintances but they're not my friends when i need to talk to them there's a reason behind that i'm not here for casual conversation with anybody yeah when you will go to the kitchen area or the sitting area at the same time you're taking your lunch break at the same time you're eating lunch and you know they're also eating lunch at the same time you're not doing anything to deliberately avoid them you're not doing anything to maintain a distance with them so what will happen one coffee one lunch one walk to the class one walk to the cafeteria okay can you get a coffee for me can you do this for me and like this those barriers they keep falling one after the other and then we come to a point where we get asked questions which are uncomfortable go ahead yeah i mean when they ask you a question give them an answer but don't talk unnecessarily don't laugh don't crack jokes in front of them i mean maintain a professional character around these people and this will be good for you and it will also serve as a source of strength for other muslim women Okay so the initial question that was asked that if somebody asks you a question like that what color is your hair what kind of clothes do you wear what are you wearing under this thing people can ask you you never know 
What kind of answer do you give them? Without offending them and without even exposing your zina. That's a good way. That What's the point of me covering if I'm going to tell you? I, I'm supposed to cover, so I'm, I'm not going to tell you. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just not too comfortable answering that question. You could say that politely. You don't have to say it rudely with a frown on your face and a huff and a puff. Yes, take it as an opportunity to do darwa. Okay.